Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inshallah, continuing with our series, Paths to Peace, where we look at and explore the theme of peace and tranquility and serenity in the Qur'an and try to derive lessons about acquiring peace and tranquility within our own lives. Today we're going to take a look at a verse and rather a passage where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the concept of at-tamanina. We talked about this a few sessions ago. We talked about this earlier in the month. But tamanina in the Arabic language refers to sukunul qalb, kind of a stillness of the heart, a calmness, a serenity that a person is able to feel internally. And Allah connects this concept very specifically to salah, to prayer. In surah number four, in surah An-Nisa, the mention of the concept of tamanina is in ayah number one, 103 but we're going to start by looking at ayah number 101 because it sets the stage and it create it creates a premise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ayah number 101 he says that when you are traveling in the earth that you are on a journey you are not at home you are not in your locale but you're on the road you're traveling and factor in what that, meant, what that means historically and classically. What traveling would mean historically for people. فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَقْصُرُوا مِنَ الصَّلَةِ Then Allah says that you are allowed to shorten, to abbreviate your prayer. Now that's something that we already know. We know that we can shorten our prayers when we travel. But what's very important to note, what Allah is saying there, Allah did not say, فَلَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ أَن تَتْرُكُوا Allah did not say that, look, you're traveling, walking through the desert, undergoing great difficulty, experiencing great, you know, uh, adversity, that it's okay if you don't pray. Allah said, no, 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 it's okay for you to shorten the prayer. And what we understand from that is, Allah is actually telling us, you still have to pray. 
You can pray shorter, but you still have to pray. In khiftum particularly if you're afraid of an attack from the disbelievers from the enemy. Because these disbelievers are very clear, outright enemies of you. Then in ayah number 102, Allah tells us something even more remarkable. Allah addresses the Prophet ﷺ and He says, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِيهِمْ That because you are amongst them. What does that mean? So Allah is now going to describe the scene in the battlefield. If you are in the course of war, the trenches are dug, the two enemies are lined up opposite to one another, and there is a battle that is occurring. And while that battle continues on, for who knows, days, maybe even weeks, that what about, what do you do during that time? Because you have to constantly be vigilant. There are teams and shifts and, you know, it's just constant turmoil. Anything can occur at any time. You don't know what the other side is thinking, let alone what they're planning and doing. So you just have to be vigilant all the time. So now, naturally, you would be excused from praying. But Allah says, no. You still pray. You still pray. Because you never won in the battlefield because you had the bigger sword. You never won in the battlefield because you had more weapons. You didn't win in the battlefield because you had more numbers. Allah says, remember the battle of Hunayn. You outnumbered your enemy three to one. For the first time in Islamic history, the Muslims outnumbered the enemy in the battle of Hunayn, in the eighth year of Hijrah, after the conquest of Mecca. 12,000 Muslims, 4,000 of the enemy. You had the numbers. And what happened? The earth felt like it started to, first of all, you became deluded by your numbers. Oh, today's the day. You already planned the parade. And what ended up happening? You became deluded, overconfident. And then it felt like the earth was shrinking around you. Started getting anxious and nervous. And then what happened? You turned around and you started to run into each other. And many of you started to flee from the battlefield. So, you never won because of your numbers. You didn't win because you had more weapons. You didn't win because of any of this. You won because you had Allah on your side. You had Allah with you. And that's why Allah says, when you face the enemy, stand firm and remember Allah. A lot. Remember Allah a lot. Your tongue should move more than your hands and your arms are moving. Your tongue should be moving in the battlefield more than your arms and legs. The dhikr of Allah should be dominant in the battlefield. That is your primary weapon. And so, Allah is describing the scene in the battlefield and we would assume, okay, now you're excused from praying, but Allah says, no, no, no. Absolutely not. Okay, then maybe you can pray in shifts. That's a logical solution. But there was a problem. And I'll present the problem to you and you tell me how you feel. That we create group A and group B. Group A is going to go pray, and then they come back, and then group B will go pray. Logical solution? Absolutely. Create more groups if you need to. But the problem is, there's one Muhammad Rasulullah And everybody wants to 
pray with him. Because if this is going to be my last prayer on this earth, if this is going to be the last time that I pray in this world, in this life, I wanted to be with Muhammad Rasulullah So the Prophet said, okay, group A, group B, all right, group A, let's go pray. And group B is like, uh, excuse me, what? Uh, I'm going to go pray with them. What about us? Well, y'all can pray after we're done. No, no, but we want to pray with you. You pray with us. Ya Rasulullah, please. And then it creates a scenario. Now everybody wants to pray with the Prophet How do you do that? So Allah said, let me tell you how you do that. فَأَقَمْتَ لَهُمُ الصَّلَاةِ And it's a very lengthy ayah. So I won't test your, you know, uh, ability to pay attention. Um, but Allah basically says you create two groups. The Prophet starts to pray. One group prays with him. The Prophet kind of pauses in the middle of the prayer. They finish up their prayer. Then they go back to the front lines. The, the Prophet is kind of paused after one rak'ah. The second group will come, pray one rak'ah with him. And then as he concludes, then they'll finish their prayer. And then they'll go back to the front line and now everyone's done. Everyone got to do half their prayer with the Prophet Because half a prayer with the Prophet is better than a lifetime of prayer by yourself. And, but the point here is that even in the thick of battle, Allah said you still have to pray. That's the moral of the story. And so then in ayah number 103, Allah says, That when you are done praying, That then continue to remember Allah, whether you are standing or sitting or lying on your side. Always be engaged in the remembrance of Allah. And then when you finally are past the battle, you are done with the travel, you find yourself back at home, in the comfort of your home, in the safety of your home, in the warmth of your bed. Don't forget to pray. Because that peace and tranquility of the heart, that serenity that you're searching for, can only be found in prayer. It can't be found anywhere else. So whether you're in the comfort of your own home, or you are traveling on the road, or you are literally in the middle of a battlefield. If you stay connected to Allah, that is where the tranquility of the heart comes from, no matter how much the world around you might be moving and shaking. You will always, you, you will always have that calm. You will always experience that inner peace and calm. Because you are connected to Allah. Prayer is the anchor that keeps us tied down. Prayer is that thing that holds us down and lets us know that we're okay. Because we're connected to Allah. And that's why at the end of all of this, Allah says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ كَانَتْ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ كِتَابًا مَوْقُوتًا That indeed prayer is a fixed obligation with specific times that is mandatory upon the believers. That prayer is something that is not optional. It's something we have to do, but it's also something we need to do. And the perfection of prayer is when we learn to abide by the timings of the prayer. And then our entire day, by means of this prayer, spread out throughout the day, will become filled and connected with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the Quran keeps reminding us of not just prayer, 
but specifically about the timings of the prayer. And I know that's something that everyone struggles with. It's hard to maintain the timings of the prayer all the time in the different situations we have in life. But it's something we have to keep striving for. It's not something we can give up on so easily. It's something we have to maintain and we have to keep working at. Hafidhu ala salawati wa salat al-wusta. Allah tells us in Surah Al-Isra, Aqimis salata liduluk al-shamsi ila ghasaq al-layli wa Qur'an al-fajr. From the midday into the night, all the way back around to Fajr time. Take care of the prayer. Glorify God in the evening and then once again in the morning. That all praise belongs to Allah in the heavens and the earth, in the evening and also in the afternoon. Remember to pray to Allah on both ends of the day and also at night. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ تُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا وَمِنْ آلَاءِ اللَّيْلِ فَسَبِّحْ That Allah says, glorify and praise your Lord before the sun rises, before the sun sets, and also throughout the night. Time and time again Allah is reminding us, be connected to Allah throughout the day. And that is the secret to attaining that calmness. That once again, no matter how much disarray and chaos there might be in the world around us, we will always be at peace and tranquility. That's who the Prophet ﷺ was. The army is at the gates, the winds are blowing, the streets are flooding, people are starving. And he would say, My peace and tranquility is in prayer. Because I know through that prayer, I will spread my hands before Allah, and any problem can be solved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness and stability with our prayer. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the prayer the coolness of our eyes and the serenity of our hearts. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may Allah always keep us connected to Him and allow us to taste the sweetness of prayer. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallah bihamdik. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta nasakfirku wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.